Welcome to the Puck and Pigskin Podcast, presented by Belly Up Sports. Just great sports fans talking mostly about hockey and football, sprinkled with a bit of everything else. Now, here's your host, a Flames fan with a Golden Knights backup plan, Jason Bizek. All right, joining me now is Caleb McChesney, host of the MC Hour podcast. Caleb, welcome to Puck and Pigskin. How you doing? We're doing all right. Uh, thanks for having me. I know it's been a it's been a long time coming here. So, yeah, for those who don't know uh, or don't follow Belly Up Sports and and all the podcasts and whatnot, uh, Caleb and I, I believe, started right around the same time. I, it may even be the same I was day. Like, I was like probably day after you. Yeah. Yeah, writing for Belly Up uh, before, well, before I joined the podcast network anyway. You may have already been on it. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not on the podcast network. Oh, you're not on the podcast network. Oh, no. I, I, snow, I, dude. No. I, I have I have a self, I, I, I'm self-made, self-promoted, so. <laughs> self-made, self-promoted. He does it all. Yeah. So uh, let's talk some NFL news. Uh, the draft, of course, was just this past week. You're right um did you tune into the draft at all i watched the entirety of the uh first round and then the second and third round i kept up on twitter uh saturday i had i had gotten my uh my uh, covid shot so my second and how dose, did that so go I'm, I'm i'm fully good now i'm i'm allowed i'm allowed in places now so that's fun um not not growing any appendages anywhere you're not supposed to be Nope, and uh, no, the Bill Gates microchip hasn't gotten to me yet. So nice. What about the Elon Musk one? I I, <laughs> I haven't felt that one yet. I hadn't heard about that one, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. But yeah, I kept up on Twitter, and uh, because I have Foxborough beat, I had to keep up on Twitter, get all the picks posted and whatnot, or directing my mm. my team of like two people to help me out there. So. Yeah, that NFL draft drags out a long time. I was actually shocked. I, I've, I've been a small NFL fan in the past, and I'm just getting back into it. So yep. I didn't realize that it was a almost a week long process. I, I tell you, I tell you <laughs> what. Uh, judging by that hat you're wearing right now, uh, your, your team doesn't usually fare well in the NFL draft. I uh, just wait till we get Aaron Rodgers. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that that's one of the rumors swirling around. Yeah, I, I, on draft night, draft night, like the first night, it was um, he was going to go to Denver, and that was like a whole set deal. And then, you know, they say, oh, well, they haven't talked or, you know, 300 different rumors come out, and then it didn't happen. But, yeah, yeah Rodgers is very uh, upset at Green Bay, and I can't blame him. Yeah, I, I don't understand the whole controversy myself because, I mean – Typically, all teams draft their starters replacement, do they not? I mean, where else would the starters come well, from? Well, right, but, come from, right? But the but the thing was, they traded up for a quarterback they didn't need because Aaron Rodgers was still performing at an MVP level. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, Rodgers has he he's been a consistent MVP level quarterback for years now, and the Packers just weren't winning because they didn't do well in the draft. They haven't drafted a offensive player in the 12 years that he's been starting and well they hadn't and then they, well, they drafted one the last 12 years and that was the quarterback jordan love that they traded up for that they didn't really need mm. like they haven't drafted a, a first round receiver for rogers in a while i think i think the highest they've gone is second round and that was Devontae adams in uh 2014 
Um, but obviously, obviously Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is, uh, not, not pleased with the Packers organization. Uh, he's been toy he's been toyed around for years now. And, uh, you know, I, I can't help but feel for him, and I hope he gets out of uh, Green Bay, Green Bay and keeps playing because he's a fantastic player. But everything from what I'm seeing, he's just going to go host Jeopardy after this. So, <laughs> so now, if you're in the Packers position, are you trading Rodgers? Are you keeping him around because he's still an MVP quarterback? Well, here's the thing: you're kind of in the situation like Deshaun Watson was with the Texans before his whole his whole uh, off the field problems came out. Mm-hmm. Um, Rodgers. He's he's just not going to play for you unless you fix up what he wants. And what he wants is to fire the GM, uh, Brad uh, Gutekunster, whatever his name is, Brad or Brian, I don't remember. But it's almost like you have – if I were the Packers, I would have been appeasing Rodgers already. I would have been trying to make the situation better for him. But obviously they've screwed it up so bad that he's just pissed off. And they've been toying yeah. with him for years. Like, oh, let me just trade up for Jordan Love, a quarterback we don't need just to piss off Aaron Rodgers. And sure, it got you an MVP. And it got you to the NFC Championship, where obviously they fell to uh, the Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Still a soft spot. But, <laughs> yeah, I I don't think that – I think both these sides aren't going to budge because I don't think the Packers are going to fire the general manager. Um, it's weird. Packers are weird because they don't have an owner – because uh, I feel like I don't I don't know how it works with Green Bay, but it's different. They don't have a single owner. They have like this whole board. Oh. It's, almost like, it's almost like the town owns the Packers because Green Bay is so small. So they're and community owned. Sort of something like that. Yeah. And I could be butchering that entirely, but that's they don't have a single owner that I do know. Or an, so, or an ownership group or something like that. Yeah, right. It's it's by the by the town of Green Bay or whatever. But yeah, I think Rogers is I think Rogers is out. Um, and I, the Bronco, the, the, the Packers need to trade him and I don't think they're going to do it. So I think you're going to see Rogers kind of dig his heels in a little bit and, uh, just retire. And like Rogers has never been like one to, he's not like Tom Brady. He doesn't live and breathe and die football. Rogers is very, uh, he's very, uh, uh, lavish outside of football. He likes doing other things. And uh, obviously Jeopardy was one. And I think yeah, he, he's got I, Jeopardy. <laughs> I think Jeopardy would hire him in an instant. So uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens as we head into the early stages of uh, mini camp and OTAs. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if you don't see Rogers uh, in a, in a Packers uniform this year. Yeah. So since you followed the the draft, which team do you feel won the the draft? I had two teams that won the NFL draft. The Jets were one, and I hate saying it. Okay, <laughs> I, hate, I hate saying it with every fiber in my being. Yeah. Um, they had an excellent draft. They had Zach Wilson in the first round, AVT in the first round, Elijah Vera Tucker, who they traded up for, uh, wide receiver Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. And Michael Carter, the running back from uh, North Carolina State. No, no, it's North Carolina. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm not. I wasn't the biggest Wilson guy. I I would have preferred Fields in that spot. Um, but they've surrounded Wilson with a ton of weapons just in this, just in that, in those first three rounds. Um, mm-hmm. Elijah Vera Tucker is going to be an excellent offensive lineman wherever they decide to put him. Um, Elijah Moore was one of my favorite wide receivers in this class was kind of hoping the Patriots would go get him. And then Michael Carter is a dynamic running back 
Um, Zach Wilson already has more weapons and attention and protection and just all the things rookie quarterbacks need. He already has more than that than Sam Darnold did in his entire career in New York. Um, and they have an excellent coach, Robert Sala. Um, they have an excellent coordinator in uh, Mike LaFleur, uh, Matt LaFleur's brother, who's going to run the offense. Um, they, yeah, Wilson, he's not set up to fail like uh, Darnold was with Adam Gase. And then my second team was the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears traded up for Justin Fields, leapfrogging the Patriots and the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, so, and then they drafted Tevin Jenkins in the second round there. And um, I feel like those those top two alone, because Tevin Jenkins was projected a first round talent before he had slipped to the second round. Um, they're going to they're going to be excellent. Uh, Justin Fields, I think, could start week one, uh, despite what you hear about Andy Dalton being named the starter for the Bears at this mm-hmm. point. Um, and uh, I think for once the Bears didn't trade up for the wrong guy like they did with Mitchell Trubisky, traded up one spot and gave up all that capital. Um, and then wide receiver Allen Robinson might think twice before he uh, continues with his trade demands to get out of Chicago because now he might actually have a chance with this dyna- dynamic quarterback. I I feel like he was the second best quarterback in this class and had the best you know just raw arm talent in this class. I think he has a better, more talented arm than Trevor Lawrence, but some of the other things he's lacking in. I have no idea why Justin Fields wasn't the second best quarterback in this class. I don't know where Zach Wilson came from. Um, and I don't know where the, the the slander I heard about Justin Fields just coming into this draft about how he's not a hard worker and all this when it's it's it was literally him that made the whole Big Ten conference play football last year. Um, now see where the work ethic questions come in, and he's not the one read quarterback like you read about. Justin Fields is going to be amazing in Chicago as long as you know he gets the right development. Matt Nagy doesn't screw him up, but. <laughs> Yeah, Chicago's kind of in an interesting spot here. They finally have a quarterback that they can maybe rely on. Um, he's already uh, – the Bears fans have been waiting for a franchise quarterback since Jay Cutler. So they, they finally get somebody. Yeah. So is there any specific player that you feel won the draft here, uh, been being put in a position that maybe uh, may benefit him at all? Uh, there's two of them, actually. Uh, Trey Lance uh, was definitely one. He's going to go to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, back of Jimmy Garoppolo. I feel like there was no better. There's there's another place that he could have gone that would have been beneficial for him. And that was New England because he's, he <laughs> could sit he could sit behind Cam Newton, who and they're very similar. Um, but Trey Lance is going to learn is going to sit behind Jimmy G and get ready to go. Um, he's going to sit behind one of the like it, it's it's known around the NFL. If you ask if you ask coaches who's the smartest offensive coaches in the league, people are going to tell you Kyle Shanahan. And there he's just, yep. I feel like he's going to be really productive in that offense. And uh, he has all the surroundings in the world. George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Um, there's definitely a receiver I'm missing. Uh, a core of running backs that are fantastic. They just drafted Trey Sermon, who I thought was a, was a pretty good sleeper coming into this draft after having a big college football playoff last year with Ohio State. Um and then my other one is uh, Mac Jones. I don't for the Patriots. I don't think that there was a better spot that he could have fallen to. Um, he does exactly what the Patriots need him to do. Um, he's a tall, you know, pocket passing quarterback. Patriots fans will love him um, as much. It, it, 
makes sense why they why they would. He's like an exact opposite of Cam Newton, um, who I think is gets a little little dis- too much disrespect in the Patriots community, and I think we all know the reason why. But <laughs> yeah, I feel like those were the two players who ended up really well, and I'm insane. I and I don't think either of them start year one. No, no, I think I think Cam Newton is the Patriots quarterback this year. And uh, Mac Jones's only job this year is going to be take notes and get Jarrett Stidham off the roster because God, he's awful. And then uh, Trey Lance will sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo for a year so long as he doesn't get hurt. And I think even if mm-hmm. Garoppolo gets hurt again, uh, Josh Rosen will probably start before uh, Trey Lance does, just because Lance isn't ready. They don't want to ruin that yet. Hmm. So, uh, where do you think there was any surprises in this year's draft in your well, eyes? Well, uh. I know for one, the Raiders tend to tend to surprise me with whatever they do in the first round. <laughs> yeah, I actually have the uh, Raiders picks up here. And once again, I'm not a huge NFL fan, uh, nor do I pay attention to many prospects. So, I mean, round one, Alex Leatherwood, offensive lineman. Uh, yeah, he was, pro- he was a projected day, day two guy. Okay. Uh, round two, uh, safety, Trayvon Mooring. He could have been a first rounder, first round talent, but he slipped because of some back injury. That's a good. That's a good pickup for you guys. I think. I don't think the back injury will be a problem for him. Yeah. Then round three, we got Malcolm Coons. Yeah. No, but none of us. I'm saying that right. Yeah, that's you're saying it right. Uh, I'll tell you, my team, uh, when we were calling it during the day two of the draft, um, we we were scratching our heads. We didn't know who that was. Hmm. We don't know. We uh, don't know every prospect, but that's a small school yeah. guy from Buffalo. Um, we didn't. Nobody. None of us knew who he was. And then you so, drafted like you drafted like two more safeties, didn't you? Uh, I I believe you were right. Uh, next pick was a defensive back, Divine Diablo. Divine Round Diablo, f- one of the best names in the draft. Yep. Yeah. No kidding. Round four was another safety, Tyree Gillespie. Yeah, you guys, you guys went all in in the secondary, and uh, you know the Raiders. Yeah, they have an interesting draft philosophy, and I think this is more John Gruden than it is Mike Mayock. I think John Gruden just sees players he likes, and then he drafts them, no matter the position or how many of the position they have. I think he just likes drafting his players, mm-hmm. um, which can which can help and hurt. Uh, but the Raiders they tend to do some crazy things. Uh, in the draft, uh, selecting players that you didn't even know could have been taken that high, like Leatherwood, who was a projected day two talent. You probably could have traded back and got him at like pick 32 or whatever the case might. Yeah. So the Raiders obviously shocked me. They tend to shock me every year. Um, but my probably biggest surprise was, uh, the Jets trading up in the first round for ABT wasn't shocking, but the Vikings trading down to 23 and still getting Christian Darisaw was a shock. <laughs> Christian Darisol was probably the third best tackle in this class. And um, I understand why the Jets went and got AVT for that versatility. Um, but I just shocked the Vikings got their guy at 23, nine picks later. The Vikings had an excellent draft this year. Um, and then another yeah. one. Go, go ahead. What, what do, who did they trade down for? Why why would the team trade down like that? Um, just because it's it in that situation where if you feel like you can get a guy nine picks later mm. or you can get somebody of that talent nine picks later, you'll do it. You'll collect the extra draft capital, which uh, is exactly what the Vikings did. And the Jets moved up to get their guy, Elijah Fair Tucker. 
who's going to play across the offensive line for the Jets. And then Darisaw, obviously, falling down to 23 was, or was it, it might have been 26, 23 or 26, uh, wherever the Jets picked. Um, it was just, I was shocked that he lasted that long. And uh, I'm kind of impressed that the Vikings got their guy. And I was also a little interested to hear that they would have been in on Justin Fields. Hmm. Was he there at, at uh, 14? Yeah. But obviously the Bears so picked him up there. Yeah, so you touched on it a bit earlier, but were you happy with the Patriots picks? Uh, I was, yeah. I, I'm extremely happy with the Patriots haul. And this is a weird thing to say because I haven't been happy with the Patriots draft class in <laughs> years. Um, they, they get their future heir to the throne in uh, Mac <laughs> McCorkle Jones in round one without having to trade up, which is amazing. And they address massive holes on defense uh, with firepower and Christian Barmore defensive lineman from Alabama who they traded up to get. And then Ronnie Perkins, the edge from Oklahoma who somehow fell all the way to the third round. He's probably the, one of the more explosive pass rushers in this class. And then obviously uh, the mid rounds are always a little weird. Um, I didn't understand the Ramondre Stevenson pick also from Oklahoma. Um, he's this big, he's this big build back. You can't catch. Um he, they, I don't know if you've ever, I don't know if you were in a football in the early 2010s, but we have this running back named Garrett Blunt. He kind of plays like him. He's just, he's supposed to be this big tank that just runs over people. Um, and then just trying to think of the other picks we had. Uh, Joshua Bledsoe, the safety, I thought was a weird pick because we already have a safety that plays like him. His name is Kyle Duggar, who we drafted to replace Patrick Chung. Um, we drafted an offensive lineman from Colorado. We drafted a wide receiver, Trey Nixon from uh, UCF, which I thought was weird because, you know, why would we wait that long? I feel like wide receiver is one of our more pressing needs on the roster. But overall, mm-hmm. I think I I think I graded the draft a B, um, in my article that I wrote. Um, gave it a solid B. The Patriots have a solid foundation for the future, and uh. I think I think this draft shows how much Belichick listened to everybody else for once, instead of just drafting his guy and then them busting like uh, Inkeel Harry did. So, what do you think of the uh, Edelman retirement? Um, uh, we've do been you, hearing you, it all. Go ahead. Do you think that he's gonna come back in t- in Tampa Bay? No, his knee's no? done. His knee's <laughs> shot. Yeah, um, he's 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 been telling us over and over again. You know, Foxborough forever. I'm not going anywhere. My knee is cooked. I can't run anymore. Mm-hmm. It's a similar situation to Dustin Bedroya at the end of his career. He just couldn't run anymore after he got spiked by Manny Machado, which you know I'm still bitter about. <laughs> but yeah, um, Edelman retiring doesn't come as a shock. Um, uh, he had he had missed basically all of last year with a bone on bone knee injury. And he tried to get back for the season. He couldn't get cleared. He failed the physical. The Patriots released his contract. He retired hours later. Um, it's a sad sight to see because Edelman's probably one of the greatest Patriots to ever play. And he's a borderline Hall of Fame talent. You know, he's the second. And statistically, he's the second best playoff wide receiver and behind Jerry Rice. He's always there in the big moments. When you know, when mm-hmm. you think about Julian Edelman, you think about the catch against Atlanta in the Super Bowl, Super yeah. Bowl Fifty One, or getting his head blown off by uh, Camp Chancellor in Super Bowl Forty Nine, <laughs> and getting up and still running another fifteen yards. But 
Yeah, we all kind of saw it coming. It still sucks to see Edelman was one of my favorite players growing up and uh, wish him all the best in retirement. Uh, he joined the uh, Inside the NFL panel, which I think is a good job for him. Um, he's he's going into filmmaking. I don't know if you've watched his 100% documentary on Showtime. Uh, no. you, should definitely, you should definitely tune into that. It talks about his return from the torn ACL in 2018. Um, but yeah, the Patriots kind of have a hole at wide receiver, um, that they didn't really address outside of Trey Nixon that late in that late in the draft. You can't rely on wide receivers to break every time, even if you're Bill Belichick and it happens for you every single time. Yeah. So now besides Grady or Brady Gronk and Edelman, who in your mind is the best Patriots player of all time? Well, this is an interesting question because, um, you know, I was thinking I was trying to split it into two, like my era of Patriots watching, which was from like, yeah. you know, the beginning of the decade of the 2010s to now. I'd probably come up with something different than what I have on my screen here. But uh, the best Patriot all time outside of Brady, Gronk and Edelman. Uh, this one is probably this guy is probably just right behind Brady on the all time list. But if you talk to the old guys, uh, John Hanna, the offensive lineman. Uh, nine Pro Bowls, seven All-Pro First Team selections, NFL Hall of Fame in '91. Um, Hannah was he was he was called the Hog for a reason. Uh, he was just an amazing blocker. Nobody ever got off of him, and uh, he they set a Patriots record for three. Uh, th- like the Patriots ran for a record three thousand one hundred sixty-five yards uh, in uh, nineteen. I want to say that yeah, that was nineteen seventy-eight. Yep. 1978, the Patriots team ran for 3,165 yards behind the John Hanna offensive line, and no, in, and no individual Patriots running back had more than 700 something yards. Mm-hmm. Which, when you look at that and you say, "Well, there's 3,000 yards," that's almost an indictment about, or not an indictment, or maybe the indictment is the right word about how good the offensive line was for the Patriots. Hmm. Like so, bef- so before the Brady and Gronk and Edelman era, were the Patriots were the Patriots good before that? Um, they had had two Super Bowl runs in 1996. They lost to the Brett Favre Packers, and in 1985 they lost to the uh, 15 and one to 85 Bears defense. The I don't Bears, know if you've heard yeah. the stories about that. Uh, the fridge playing fullback. The fridge, yeah, playing fullback. But it typically, no, the Patriots were kind of an afterthought in the NFL. Um, that was that was the Jim McMahon days of the Bears. <laughs> yeah, Steve Grogan days for the Patriots. Yeah, or was it Tony yeah. Easton? I don't remember, but. Yeah, I, I, um, I vaguely remember watching that Super Bowl. That was a long time ago. My parents would have been watching it, and I would have just been kind of in the room while it was on. But I remember it. You know, my stepdad remember, talks about that Super Bowl all the time. He was I'm pretty sure I remember uh, the fridge scored a touchdown. Did he not? Yeah, playing fullback. Yeah, yep, buddy. that's right. That's right. I don't know how I remember that, but I can't remember what I did last week. And I'm trying, and I was trying to think of my about the the best Patriots players since my era of from like 2010 on, uh, it's hard not to mention a guy like Vince Wilfork. It's hard not to mention a guy like Devin McCourty. Hard to not mention a guy like, you know, Matthew Slater, special team ace, who's just been fantastic for us since he got here. Same year as Edelman did that same draft class. But yeah, yeah. You probably have to go John Hanna all time just because of how elite of a offensive lineman he was. And hmm. uh, the Patriots fans love him. Uh, that that this is a guy who's going to get all the boomers excited thinking about their <laughs> childhood Patriots. 
yeah that's a that's an interesting choice there so have you been a patriots fan your whole life uh i've had an interesting uh, life arc i didn't get into sports until i was in the uh until i was in the uh third grade i had played baseball growing up i did i couldn't name you a single player in the red Sox like that but i had (laughs) i had started playing football the first football game that i actually cared about was super bowl 46 against the giants that's the second one we lost to Second one we lost, right? 2011. I was 10 years. I was almost 10 years old. Um, and that, but like since since then, I've been following the Patriots pretty hardcore. 2012, I don't remember all that well because I was playing football as well, so I didn't get to catch a lot of games. Because for some reason, we decided to play our games on Sunday too, as if <laughs> play, as if the kids playing football weren't Patriots fans and wanted to stay home and watch Tom Brady just do his thing. Um, yeah. And then 2013, I remember very well. 2014, the Super Bowl year, I remember very well. And then 2015, I started getting into sports writing, and all I would write about was the Patriots. I was a 13-year-old, and this guy, I'm not going to say his name because me and him aren't on good terms right now, or his website. <laughs> but I, the first thing I wrote about was a, a Tom Brady contract extension or whatever or whatever it was at the time in the eighth grade. And then I've been just kind of writing since then. But the Patriots have always been my first team. Um, after that, it fluctuates between the Red Sox and Bruins, and then uh, the Celtics usually come in last. But I'll, I'll watch come playoff time, like I can name a couple of players on the Celtics. Um, but yeah, that's I, I've been a Patriots fan since like 2011. Uh, my first, my first jersey was a Tom Brady jersey that I wore to school just about every day in the fifth grade. <laughs> um, yeah, that. Yeah, but if you want to say my whole life since ten years old, then I guess that would be that would be accurate. But I was I wasn't into sports until about about ten years old. My I live on my dad's side of the family, and uh, none of them are into sports really. Like I played mm. baseball, but that's because every kid played baseball. Yeah. Um. Then I played football because I wanted to. I I you know I just I just figured out who Tom Brady was, and that was my guy. I wanted to be just like him. Unfortunately, I was the tall, lanky kid they put on offensive line who had no meat on his bones, couldn't block for anything. <laughs> and Pop Warner wasn't fun. I stopped playing after seventh grade. But <laughs> yeah, that two, 2011 great or Super Bowl. It's funny that you mentioned that because I, I I recall watching that one as well, and I believe that's the one where that Giants player made the catch on his helmet, right? No, that was that was 2007. 2011 was where Eli threw it to Mario Manningham on the sideline. Okay, okay, perfect, perfect on the sideline to the outside, and that was like the, just the greatest throw I've ever seen. Okay, it was the 2007 one that I watched. That. Yeah, that was when we were undefeated, 16 and 0, yeah. 17 and 0, 18 and 0 at that point, and then yeah. uh, we dropped the 19th game. And uh, Brady, like he said this week, he would he would trade two Super Bowl rings for the undefeated season. Hmm. Yeah, no kidding. That would have been a quite a feat, quite a feat that only my Miami Dolphins have done. See, back when I was a football fan previously, I was a Dolphins fan up until Marino retired. When yeah. Marino retired without a ring, I was like, "All right." Then I started getting into you know starting a family, got married, had kids, and I kind of lost touch with football. And now I'm just getting back into it. So. Yeah, uh, you chose a good time to do it. The NFL is getting getting pretty interesting as they move out of this COVID period. Um, yeah. Again, the Raiders kind of weird, but you know I, I'm not a huge John Gruden guy. Um, <laughs> 
But I mean, you guys were almost in the playoffs last year, and maybe you'll maybe you'll make the playoffs this year. So I'll I'll just explain a little bit. Um, so in 2017, my wife and I were in in the crowd during the Vegas shooting. Oh my! That the the following uh, few months is when, or the that same month actually is when um, the Vegas Golden Knights started. Yep. And we started watching their games because they had like tributes at the beginning of the season and they did all that kind of stuff. And the first couple of games, they were unstoppable and they were amazing. So I became a Golden Knights fan. I'm a Flames fan first, Calgary Flames and Golden Good. Knights second. And then when uh, the Raiders moved to Las Vegas, I was like, well, why not cheer for two Las Vegas teams? So that's that's basically why I'm a Raiders fan, but I'm kind of a general football fan. So, right. Yeah. No, the Raiders so that, are an interesting follow. Uh, you never know what Gruden's going to do. And uh, obviously, <laughs> they're on hard knocks a couple years ago. I think I'm, um, that might have been the last year they were in Oakland. They were on hard knocks. But yeah, they didn't do too bad last season. Jacobs, man. Jacobs is Josh amazing. Jacobs, yep. Watch. Oh, Darren Waller. He's, he's off and on. When he's on, though, he's on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> So uh, you mentioned your Red Sox fan second to yep. the to the Patriots. Yep. How are they doing this season? Are they are you following along at all? Uh, I'm doing my best. It's hard to follow football. Hard, hard to follow baseball because it's 162 games. Um, but not only that, they play during the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, How are we supposed to watch games when they're on during the day? But yeah, I've I've watched most of the Red. I, not most of the Red Sox. I probably watched about half of them. Uh, they're, they've been a surprisingly good team. Um, they don't have any pitching whatsoever. Um, no bullpen and their lineup is basically what they're riding and dying on. And JD Martinez, Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts are all having fantastic seasons. Alex Verdugo has done an excellent job since the, the, uh, unfortunate trade of Mookie Betts where yeah, mm-hmm. there's still a soft spot here in Boston where we trade Mookie Betts for literally <laughs> nothing. Um, and uh, obviously, uh, we've we've enjoyed the Yankees' struggle uh, as you know they were at the bottom of the division <laughs> for quite a while. But now they've caught up; they're second place. I think they're a game behind us. It's crazy how that can happen in baseball, right? Um, I think yeah, I think everybody enjoyed the Yankees struggling. But yeah, it's hard to imagine the Sox can keep up the kind of pace that they're on because of their shaky at best bullpen and incomplete rotation. We're probably not going to get our ace Chris Sale back until July. And uh, he has just now just began throwing sessions on the mound because he had Tommy John last March, uh, right before COVID hit. Um, but yeah, it's hard to imagine that we'll be able to keep up with the Yankees just because of how talented they are top to bottom. And it seems like they've finally gotten it together. Um, but yeah, it, the Red Sox have been red hot to start. They've kind of cooled off a little. Um, they're still picking up wins. I think they beat the Tigers today. So we'll see how it goes come come uh august and we're looking at you know who's going to be in the playoffs or not have you been to a game at fenway i've been to a couple i went to like four david ortiz's last year oh wow that'd be great yeah and then i went to one in 2019 2020 obviously nobody was allowed to go Mm -hmm. um but yeah i'm i'm aiming to get back to fenway at some point this summer so baseball tickets are usually pretty cheap so yeah, do you guys are you guys allowing fans back in at games now or twelve percent capacity in uh twelve percent capacity in T D garden and in uh 
Fenway. And then the Patriots are hoping to have 100% come football season. And again, we'll just have to see how COVID plays out. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure everybody's safe before we can do that. I don't imagine we'll be at 100% by September. I think we still have some leaps to go as far as, you know, just getting everybody getting everybody vaccinated, getting everybody into a safe spot where we can do that comfortably. But yeah. it'll be interesting to see. Um, and uh, hopefully I can go see these uh, Red Sox in person so I can figure out what kind of team they really are. <laughs> and you said you're a little bit of a Boston Bruins fan. Have you been you've been to games there as well? I went to I went to the last Bruins home game before COVID hit. And that was my 18th birthday. Um. But so yeah, do you do you, do you follow them a lot or not really? I I, I fall in and out of love with uh, the Bruins. Um, they're they're one of the more inconsistent teams in uh, in Boston. Uh, they've been pretty inconsistent all year this year. Truthfully, you know they've been, they've been hampered with injury and COVID, and they're definitely missing the presence of Zdeno Chara, who mm-hmm. obviously the Bruins didn't resign. Um, <laughs> he went to Washington. And uh, they did clinch a playoff berth, recent, berth recently, but I don't see them being cup contenders this year. It's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine them taking on the likes of Tampa or Colorado, or because it's weird. This playoff year is weird now, right? Because mm-hmm. you're gonna have, you might have a Bruins Maple Leafs final cup. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, you probably so... know more about the Bruins than I do, which is a, a kind of an indictment on on my uh boston fandom here but you know i, I don't love... i don't actually because of the way the divisions are set up this year that you just you know, all the Can- canadian teams right all the canadian teams are in the north and those are the only games that i actually get on tv so yeah, yeah there's, there's ways around watching it on tv you know yeah yeah I'm, I'm not... com. that's what i use yeah, I I don't know if I would go through great lengths to go watch other teams outside of Canada. <laughs> oh, oh, trust me. Like if you go to nhlbite.com, right? It's free streaming. You click on whatever game you want to watch. You press that gold standard stream. Don't trust the platinum one. The platinum the platinum one's awful. You go to the gold standard <laughs> one and you press play. You pick which feed you want home and away at the bottom of the screen. And you might have like a 45 second delay, but the game is perfect. Perfect quality. Huh. That's how I've been getting wow. Red Sox and Bruins games because Nesson got canceled on YouTube TV. Oh, okay. So that's how I've been there doing it. But I don't go, know what you think. About, I don't know what you think about the Bruins' uh, long-term success, but I think their window is pretty much shut. They'll be they'll be solid contenders in the playoffs. They might make some noise and uh, be a team that nobody wants to play against, but they're not going to be able to get it done. Uh, well, in a, in a tough stretch against Tampa. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely missing Chara, and Tuka Rask is kind of hit and miss because he's been injured off and on. Bruins but fans hate I mean, Tuka Rask for some reason. Like They just blame Tuka Rask for everything, and I hate it. But, I mean, they're an offensive team, so, I mean, they can definitely compete. If, if Rask can stay healthy and play you know, as good as he should be, I think they stand a fairly good chance of, of going you know, at least to the semifinals maybe possibly the conference finals if they're doing conferences i don't even know how they're doing the playoffs this yeah. year so isn't it like yeah. a 12 team bracket or something yeah i don't i'm thinking it'll still be well it'll be 16 to start you'll probably have the two division teams play right because there's four teams per division you'll yeah, probably have well, the, the, all the divisions play each other yeah and then that and then they'll they'll just have to line up which division they want to put where because it's four divisions right yeah, so within the divisions, I know one is going to play four and two is going to play three. 
And then they'll, they'll then probably I, play the winners of those two, right? Yeah, that um, yeah, I don't know how it works from there. I would assume they play the winners from there. And then however they have the bracket set up, they'll play but the what next I'm, team. Yeah, but what team. I'm not sure is how once they come out of their division, then what division do they play next? Or if they're right. they, I don't know if they've yeah. done that yet. Yeah. So right. um so not being a huge NF an NHL fan, but I'm sure you've uh, seen all the social media surrounding the Tom Wilson incident. What oh, do you God. think of that? <laughs> are you sick of hearing that yet? Uh, I, a, lot, my, a lot of my friends are very big hockey people. Uh, shout out <laughs> shout out to Ryan and Tristan. They're both they're two of the biggest <laughs> hockey heads I know. Tristan's a Red Wings fan. Ryan's a Blue Jackets fan. Um, but yeah, I've Tom Wilson is just such a prick. I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on your show, but he is such yeah, a Yeah, you absolutely are. Um, he basically not, ended, he ended our Tony Panarin season. He ended our Tony Panarin season. He ended the Rangers season, basically. And yeah, like, I just don't, I just don't get how he's still allowed in the league. I get it. I'm a Bruins fan. Like, you can point at me and talk about, talk about Marshan to me. But when's the last time Marshan <laughs> tried to fracture somebody's skull on the ice? Yeah, Marshawn's never done that. Yeah, at, and, at two players, two players skulls. Literally, right? And yeah. you ended the season like the the Rangers should have been pissed, and the president and the the GM or whatever it was that got fired for calling out the NHLPA. <laughs> yeah, and then the Rangers get fined. <laughs> they were right. They were telling the truth. Yeah, and like I just don't understand how Tom Wilson's still out and it's like he's been doing dirty crap like this all the time. Yeah. And significantly worse than just, you know, oh, well, hockey's going to be hockey. Like, this is like, you know, barbaric. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I don't, I'm not one to condone violence, but let me just say, I wouldn't have minded if somebody just took one for the team and drop kicked uh, Tom Wilson. <laughs> the, well, the thing is, nobody on the Rangers team can fight Tom Wilson. He's a big dude and he's a little crazy. Yeah. It, you know, for once, Dinjano Chara was on the wrong side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Tom Wilson's such a douche that Chara actually wants to fight him on a daily basis. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> and, and he absolutely should. He should. Chara should knock the teeth out of Tom Wilson. My God, he's he's probably the, my least favorite player in hockey besides uh, Sidney Crosby. <laughs> Just because you know he's, he's probably worse than Crosby because I'll give Crosby talent uh, credit. He is talented. He's uber talented, but he's he's just kind of a prick. Tom Wilson is far less talented and an even bigger prick. Yeah. But, and, and I think he definitely may have some issues. Oh yeah. I, and I can't <laughs> believe that his, his, uh, his, you know, his consequences was a $5,000 fine, no suspension. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen like four game suspensions for less. Mm-hmm. You start an all out war, a PR battle and you technically land to pay $5,000. If this was in the NFL, yeah. this dude would be suspended for the year. Miles Garrett hit somebody over the head a couple years ago with his helmet. And, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And he got suspended for the year. Yeah. I don't know. The NHL player player safety is such a joke. And um and I know it doesn't it doesn't turn me away from hockey at all because hockey is a little it's supposed to be a little bit more barbaric than the other sports. But I just, I just well, can't, I just can't understand how Tom Wilson continues to get away with these, uh, these acts of almost terrorism on the ice. Well, I mean, the the head of player safety is a guy that used to get 
hit in the head quite often. So yeah, I can tell. Kind of explains a lot. <laughs> so uh, I guess what we'll do now. Oh, what's going on? I don't know. You, I lost your camera. You lost my camera, but you still have my voice. Yep. Okay. Perfect. Um, well, we'll see if the camera comes back. In the meantime, I'll just keep talking. Um, I was just going to end. I was just going to end things anyway by uh, just getting you to tell everybody about your podcast. Uh, so, what's your podcast about? I'm guessing the Patriots. Um, no, my my podcast, the MC Hour, is uh, covering all sports. Um, okay. Me, me, and my team, uh, Andrew. Shout out to him if he's watching. Tristan, Brian. Um, uh, we meet up once a week and we we uh, talk about the big happenings of sports, kind of like just how we did here, except uh, you got to know me a little bit more than you do in the MC Hour on my show. I just kind of assume everybody knows me. But <laughs> yeah, we cover all of sports. Uh, we try to go once a week. Obviously, I didn't this week because I've been a little busy. Um, we'll mm -hmm. be back next week. Uh, I'd probably say my bigger... Uh, there's your camera again. Uh, nice to there see There we it. go. Um I'd probably say my bigger platform right now that's getting a lot more attention is Foxborough Beat, my Patriots page. Uh, we just crossed 4,000 likes just after the draft. Wow. Um, yeah, it, it, it's kind of a big milestone for me because uh, before I started Foxborough Beat, I was with another place that I'm not going to mention because I hate <laughs> the boss's guts. And uh, They know yeah. who they are. What? <laughs> they know who they are. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah i wish i didn't um <laughs> but yeah well, i had ran a new england patriots page for them and basically on my own i garnered five thousand likes and followers mm -hmm. basically by myself and obviously when i had to restart i was really upset but in almost half the time i've i've garnered almost as much of a base as i had when i was there so it's kind of a big thing for me uh, Foxborough Pete, uh, you know, we cover the Patriots. Uh, I'm trying to get my face on there a little more often, do a couple live streams, interact with whoever might be paying attention. Um, but yeah, those that's basically what I'm up to, and obviously the writing for Belly Up. Um, mm -hmm. that's going Patriots, well, you're killing Patriots it, man. Pete, right? Yeah, I appreciate that. I don't know if I don't know if you read read my stuff, but I actually am going to start reading a lot more of the NFL stuff now because because I'm kind of getting back into NFL news and stuff like that. So I'll definitely uh, be reading a lot more. And uh, by the way, that tip you gave me about sharing my uh, articles within Facebook groups has helped a lot. I've gone from like 17 to 20 views to over 300 per article now. <laughs> so <laughs> You're doing better than me. Holy crap. <laughs> So yeah, it's definitely helping. <laughs> Maybe I need to start taking tips from you. My God. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, I've been uh, writing I since we'll I was a kid. So it's it's just yeah, kind of comes natural to me. That's good. Yeah. So I guess we'll finish off by uh, letting everybody know what your socials are, where they can find you. I'm going to post them in the description anyway. But still, give a shout out to yourself. Yep. Uh, obviously, uh, Caleb MC. You see it right there. That's my uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find me on Foxborough Beat. Like I said, that has a Facebook page, four thousand likes and followers. I have a Twitter and an Instagram made. We haven't launched it yet, but if you want to go give that an early follow, you're more than welcome to. Uh, you can always find me on Belly Up Sports, uh, writing about the Patriots because I'm the Patriots beat. Um, 
And obviously the MC Hour on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Go subscribe to that. There will be an episode coming uh, coming next week. We'll be going back to normal. And uh, shout out to you for uh, letting me be here. And hopefully I can uh, make a return once football comes back. Yeah, no worries. I'll definitely have you on some more. I think the Raiders and the uh, the Patriots do play this year, if I'm not mistaken. They might. Oh, Actually, no, wait, we have the Chargers. That's right. You guys finished second in your division. Yeah, we, we get the Chargers. If you guys were like, if we were like, if we were like uh, a couple games better, if you guys were a couple games worse, we would have had you guys. But <laughs> we'll see maybe come right. postseason if we're both good enough. So, yeah, let's hope we get there. I'm just hoping for Rodgers. Yeah, the Broncos fans too. <laughs> and I'll, and uh, personally, I want him to go to you guys. So to just take that for whatever it's worth. Yeah, hopefully we can uh, meet up in the playoffs. Yeah, buddy. All right, man. Well, take care. I will let you go. Enjoy the rest of your evening. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks for having for us. Good time. Good time.